0: Hello. Hello. Welcome to Salem the Podcast.
1: We are your hosts and favorite Salem tour guides.
0: My name is Sarah Black.
1: And I'm Jeffrey Lilly.
0: So before we get into today's episode, we did want to take just a brief moment to say thank you so much. This is actually our first time talking to you post- Launch, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, this is a very weird thing to say, or I'm, I'm sitting experience. here nodding, nodding
1: to you as, yeah. So, you've heard the first five episodes. Uh, this is our sixth episode, and thank you for all the support, the shares, the likes, uh, over a thousand downloads.
0: We couldn't believe it.
1: We're like, okay, so
0: yeah, thanks a lot. You really don't know what you have until you put it out into the world. And Salem itself is a very unique place. So if anything, people can be super protective over it and it's history. So we wanted to do it justice. So far, so good. So far, so good. (laughs) Hopefully we can keep it
1: up. Yeah. And and you had a, a fun little, little story to share.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. So very quick anecdote here. The night before we launched our podcast, and keep in mind, this has been months in the making. We've spent a lot of long days that go well into the night, and I had to give a tour the night before the drop, and I was just vibrating at a whole different level. (laughs) I was nervous. I was excited. I was exhausted. It was a very misty, dark night. It had just rained about nine people or so, and we're about halfway through and a woman, she meant no harm, but she goes, so like, what's your real job?
1: <laughs> this?
0: This. <Yeah. laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> so the,
1: to be fair, I, there are, I guess, I don't know what the, the 50-50 is, but there are definitely some tour guides in the city who this is their full-time job. And there are definitely some tour guides in the city who are our teachers or parents, you know, and this is definitely. just a couple nights a week side gig. Uh, but for the two of us, this is our, our full-time job.
0: How often do you think you get asked that?
1: I I don't. You don't. No. Um. Mostly because as interesting the, the tour owner.
0: Well, yeah. Like so. P- previous to that, though.
1: Uh, when I was working for someone else, um. Occasionally, okay. Yeah, I I, don't, I couldn't. I, I was definitely asked, like, oh, like, what else do you do, mm-hmm. or or why do you give tours, mm-hmm. or like, is this just a side gig? Yeah, definitely, definitely was asked, but now. Um, as I introduce myself, I'm like, oh, I'm the owner and operator, so I, I guess I don't get asked yeah, that. Yeah, you
0: get a little, it garners a bit more respect, right? A little bit. Yeah. Well, I, anyway. I don't think the woman meant any harm by it whatsoever, but it is, it, you're right, it is a totally valid question. Uh, but I took that moment, you know, to say, this is my real job. I know it's kind of weird, but it has opened up so many other opportunities along the way, including... A podcast so Yay. there I there I am walking around with this like <laughs> I'm walking around with this big secret and I usually save it for the end you know I, I don't want to like spring it on them right away and it's not like this has been out in the public that much too so we're very this is new to be able to tell people we have something else to offer you at the end of a tour I,
1: I haven't been able to you yet. haven't been no. yeah
0: Jeffrey's gonna be doing tours April 8th Eighth. April 8th. So you'll have to give us a little yeah, update yeah. on how your first tour back out on the streets is. Um, so I told them, you know, they gave me this opportunity to start this podcast and there was a couple in the audience. I could, I could tell their interest was peaked. and I was like, Oh yeah, they're totally podcast listeners. I'm totally <laughs> going to give them a sticker at the end. And At the end of the tour, they hung back and we chatted for a couple minutes and they were podcasters themselves, which was so cool. So shout out to... Ain't it scary with Sean and Carrie? It's about all things spooky. They got aliens, cryptids, murders, all that kind of stuff. Okay, that sounds so fun. He takes a more skeptical approach. She's a bit more spooky. It's a great combination. And they were such a pleasure to meet in person. So looking forward to making more connections like that along the way.
1: And that's such a fun day before that our podcast dropped. Yeah, that must was, have been really neat.
0: It was so cool. And then they offered to like play our trailer on their podcast. So once again, thank you to Sean and Carrie from Ain't It Scary. Looking we're, forward to meeting up with you again in Salem. Yeah,
1: we appreciate you. Thank you.
0: So it's time to get down to it, I suppose.
1: Today, we're going to be talking about The Witch House. Ooh,
0: Probably. Spooky.
1: Like maybe, Just kidding. It's not actually spooky. <laughs> it's not spooky.
0: <laughs> no witches actually live there.
1: No. It it looks a little spooky. It does. Sounds a little spooky.
0: Definitely sounds spooky. Not spooky. No witches. No. It's called the witch house, but there weren't actually witches just, in there.
1: Just like there weren't actually witches in Salem.
0: Exactly. So
1: the, the non-witches that weren't witches also didn't live in the house.
0: That's called the
1: witch That's house. That's called the witch house. <laughs> it's it, famous, infamous, probably like... One of the most
0: iconic structures here in town. Yeah.
1: It's uh well known. Just and again, it's sort of because that label, uh, the witch house. When you visit the witch city, you gotta come visit the The witch Witch House.
0: house. So if you've been to Salem or you've done any research on coming here, that's probably popped up. It's a 17th century house museum, one of the oldest buildings in town. Um, the only one with direct ties to those Salem witch trials. It has also taken on a life of its own, I'd say. The Witch House is definitely one of the main stops.
1: It's on everyone's list.
0: Yes, very much so. Usually at the top as well.
1: It's like Bewitch Statue?
0: Witch and House. Witch house. Speaking of, and we just talked about Bewitched and yeah. them filming in town. If you are at that iconic statue and you're getting your picture next to Samantha. So, so
1: if you're the, the person in the photo. In not, the photo. Not the person taking the photo.
0: So if you're looking at Rockefeller's. Yeah. Just kind of pivot to your left and keep going down Essex Street. I feel like most people get up to Washington Street and they think it kind of just ends there. Keep on going down. And you'll actually hit a couple other cool things along the way as well. If you're a (laughs) fan of
1: uh, the movie Hocus Pocus, just past that is one of the filming locations. Uh, It's right on the cusp of the McIntyre District. Uh, So it's a sort of famous architectural section of the city. The witch house is technically, if you're looking to Google it, uh, 310 Essex Street. So it's right at the corner of Essex and North Street. Now, the way it looks sort of sticks out.
0: The architecture itself has, um, it's known for that architecture and it has transformed into a multitude of different Pieces of Salem. Like, I'm trying to figure out the way, right way right to describe this. <laughs> Merchandise. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh, if you see it is. anything about Salem, you will see like an outline of the witch house. So like, I, you don't even have to see the actual, you don't even have to see yeah, a picture. No, that, that you that can see a pin. You can see three, yep, um, three gabled, gabled
1: structure, black,
0: yep. the windows. Two story, yeah. with the third partial story. I have a,
1: a mask from Vamp Fangs, which has it on it. I know you can, I think, uh, die with Bo- your
0: boots on literally yeah. sells a purse, a purse now. That is the shape uh, of the you witch get house pins,
1: uh, yep. with it. And that's not just like, like there's multiple different pin designers. I know the, uh, die with your boots on sells a pin with it. Uh, Emporium 32 sells a pin mm-hmm. with it on it. And th- they had that custom designed for them to sell of the witch house. And it's one of these things that, that is just, yeah. Now you're not going to miss it. Right. It, it's, I say big. Um.
0: Big for seventeenth century standards.
1: Yeah. L- Large ish. I-, I don't know. Like in my mind, it's sort of like this big, imposing black. And I know it's not.
0: It's unique. I yeah. think that's why it sticks out so yeah. much. And it's on that corner, so it's not really tucked away.
1: No, it's it's right. So if you're coming in or out of Salem, you're probably at near it, around it, coming through. Can you it,
0: imagine or- the tourists that are like in the <gasps> car and they <laughs> and they're they're like, where do we park? Where do we park? Wait. They, witch house wait no that's, that's what they didn't bewitched,
1: <laughs> right in yeah. the show they they were driving around they they stopped right in front of yeah, it yeah
0: they did see it so if you watch the bewitched episodes we talked about you will see the witch house they're like
1: oh, oh yep. there it is and that's what that's what people do is, oh you know you're right a lot of times on my tour i'm like oh yeah if you go like oh we passed that coming in yeah like, people yeah.
0: see it all the time yeah
1: but there's a lot of uh interesting things about it so it is it does have this black color and if you're from new england you're probably familiar with some of these old black houses right Yeah, it's you, like
0: a darkish brown gray yeah black. weird color yeah
1: i think i know there's probably about a dozen or so in salem i think today it's mostly just sort of a a, a fashion choice um and i've tried to do a little bit of research on it and i know at one point i, I was told that it was That black color, and a lot of houses from that time were that black color uh, as it was pitched, like uh, used for for ships, for boats to protect against the weather, against the rain, against the sea salt, um, but also to keep the house warm. That black color adds warmth to the house. Um, If that's not historically accurate and someone's listening and and they have the right answer, let me know. But I have heard that and, and seen that before. But that's just sort of one of the things uh, that makes it interesting. One of the other things that— I was
0: going to say, you love the windows. The
1: windows, yeah. So if you look at the uh, witch house, you'll see the windows are smaller, which is indicative of— Typical. Yeah. But then they're cut up into these diamond-shaped panes. And those are small as well. And several of them have turned a sort of lovely shade of purple. It's Uh, like a
0: nice lavender color. Yeah.
1: And this purple is not original. So they didn't like install these small windows frames with these nice little purple windows. It's actually a product of the manganese in the glass and the UV light over time. And actually in Boston, a lot of the old houses in the back bay have these purple windows. And they're incredibly valuable, uh, somewhat rare, definitely mm-hmm. uncommon. But these sort of very, very... Uh, Rich, expensive houses, if they have the purple windows, are even more rich and expensive. It's, you know, an accident from two centuries ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not, you know, you can't reproduce that. You just right. happen to get lucky.
0: It's kind of cool. Yeah.
1: So if you see the purple uh, windows, it's not intentional. They're not like witch windows. They're just a, a lovely. And it is the
0: most subtle purple, too. Yeah. I don't even think you would realize it if you, unless you really look. Yeah. So Again, next just, time you're in there.
1: Just a little too much manganese. That's it. Also, though, if, if you uh, find sea glass, oftentimes, that's like that sort of lavender, lilac, purple
0: color. It's probably the same Because thing. of the manganese. Yeah. There's your little science lesson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Salem, the podcast, science, whatever. Yeah.
0: I was always a big fan of Bill Nye.
1: Yes. He probably he probably knows that. You, you could probably ask him. He'd probably know that.
0: I wonder if he's been to Salem. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we get a lot of visitors. It wouldn't be uncommon.
0: No, it wouldn't.
1: So not only obviously is it well-known, but it's sort of a a favorite spot in the season. Of course, the the season being October.
0: Yeah, we talked about Samantha's Salem's favorite selfie partner, but I'd I'd be willing to guess that you see just as many, if not more, photographs taken in front of the witch house. Mm -hmm. If you roll up in October, there's definitely going to be a line. Like to get your picture. To get a picture in right. front of this like, like, public building. There's going to be a line
1: <laughs> to get in and a line. There, there are signs that say like, uh, please don't. Uh, but people do anyway.
0: Don't form a line?
1: No, no, no. D- don't, don't take up this. If you're in line to get a picture. Sorry. If you're in line to get in the house, mm-hmm. they don't want you taking up that line space to get your picture. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the pictures get taken at night. A lot of people like that picture uh, of them in front of the door in front of the house. Personally, I think there's a slightly better picture. And you have to be here in like the first week or two in May. There's a pink dogwood that blooms in the early spring. If you sort of stand off to the left, that's a really nice picture. But in October, they've got uh, hay, pumpkins, uh, lawn decorations, all this sort of fun stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we mentioned that it is this old historic home. When we talk about the history of the building, we also want to sort of identify it within that time frame. So it is pre-colonial in its design, uh, what we call the first period. So it's a first period architectural building, which dates from 1625 to 1725. So it's the first hundred years or so. We
0: got um, roughly about 20, 18 to 20 buildings yeah. in town that fall within that range.
1: Yep. Uh, some of them you've probably heard of. Some of them we're going to talk about, have talked about. Uh, the Pickering House, which is the oldest building in the city and one of the oldest continuously lived in buildings in the country.
0: The House of Seven Gables. Uh, House of
1: Seven. Well, to be fair, I think it's just the Turner Building. So it's the Turner Ingersoll Mansion. And just one of the buildings originally dates that time period. Uh, but that's one of two what else Ooh,
0: the pickman house which is right alongside the salem witch trials memorial they
1: have the same diamond shaped windows indeed and uh let's see what else we got there's the gedney house which probably everyone misses it's like a tiny little literally never
0: seen it (laughs) i've lived here five years
1: (laughs) it's 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 tucked uh sort of just down a street and if you're not paying attention you're gonna walk right by it Ooh, the um the hotel sorry not a hotel. I guess it is. Guest house. The Daniels uh,
0: house. The, oh, the bed and breakfast. The bed and breakfast. Down that's, on Essex Street. Essex, Essex and Daniels Street.
1: That's the right term. And that is that is also black. Um, and they redid that one. So it's this like nice crisp black with like this red door, which I really like. Uh, I've heard that's a really nice place to stay. But those are just a few of the buildings in the city that sort of date back to the same time period. However, the witch house is iconic because of its sort of ties to the trials.
0: In our intro to the Salem Witch Trials, we talked a lot about Salem Town and Salem Village. Salem Town only has one standing structure with direct ties to the trials. Salem Village has several. So this is kind of like our crowning jewel. People walk around and they see everything about the trials. They see which this, which that, but there is just one single structure left, not the courthouse, um, no victims home here within the city limits. It's one of the,
1: in my opinion, sort of, <clears throat> I like to say on my tours, the burden of history. Um, I'll say, Hey, this place, this place, this is where this happened. And well, this is the location of, this is where, um, Bridget Bishop's house used to stand. This is where the courthouse used to stand. This is where the church used to stand. This is where the jail used to stand. And they can't see any of that. It's all gone, Mm -hmm. which is, again, the way it goes. But when it comes to the, quote unquote, witch house, a lot of times it's also referred to as the Jonathan Corwin house.
0: Because it was the home of Judge Jonathan Corwin during the late 1600s. So he took over the house in 1675. The home itself Built around 1642, that's the sign that you're going to see on the outside of the home. It's pretty much what you're going to come across if you do any research on the house. The original deed dates to that date. But Corwin purchases the home in 1675. So let's make the distinction. It's not the Sheriff Corwin. It's actually his uncle.
1: Within the scope of the trials, you're going to hear the Corwin name a lot. Mm -hmm. That's because there's two people named Corwin.
0: Both with significant roles to play.
1: Sheriff, judge, which, of course, then gets in the dynamic of like, hey, uncle, can you. I
0: was going to say, how'd you get that job? (laughs) (laughs) So not the sheriff Corwin, Jonathan, Judge Jonathan Corwin. He was a magistrate here in town. Definitely one of the more wealthy individuals, well-respected, known throughout the colony, I would say, by this point.
1: Now, when you see the witch house, when, when you go to the witch house, when we're talking about the trials, sort of understand that it is, I guess the best sort of term would be like a one percenters house. Oh yeah.
0: It's not um, your average commoner's space yeah, whatsoever.
1: Not, not at all. If you, uh, there are a uh, place in the city, I'd say the Gedney house, it's sort of one or two rooms, very yeah. small. Maybe the Pickman house, sort of that much sort of smaller structure. Um, or if you get down to Pioneer Village,
0: Yeah, it's Uh, like little shacks.
1: Yeah. But this is like a mansion. Now, also, it's a mansion for the colonies. It's not a mansion as they're building in Europe and England at that time. Right. I mean we got Versailles
0: We've got castles. Yeah.
1: (laughs) This is it is
0: a large house. There's at least I mean there was solid four large rooms within and then a nice landing spot for the staircase mm-hmm. but much I'd say if you were to go into an average home back then you're looking at one room
1: maybe two maybe two yeah uh, so maybe or maybe even just one room that might have been sectioned off as like a sleeping area
0: right so this is not your standard when you go in and when you see this historic house museum understand that what you're looking at is not typical of what people were living with back then
1: and then understand that the person living in this house was one of the people running the show.
0: Yeah. I know on my tours, I do like to stress how significant status was for yeah. these individuals, especially the people at the top of this tragedy. And the, yeah. he had it. Yes. He had 100%. it. 100%. In,
1: in his house, in his clothes, in just his attitude.
0: It was a very opulent yeah. space. Yeah.
1: And it's likely that in the home, this is his house. It was uh where he spent a lot of his time, his family uh, had guests. He probably talked about the trials. He probably, you know, went to court during the day, went home, maybe had a, another magistrate or two or three over, um, and discussed the goings-on of the day.
0: Yeah, let's not forget the courthouse was what a eight minute walk, if that. Maybe, maybe even less. So yeah. of course, people would kind of. You know, filter on through.
1: Yeah. Hathorne's house was right around the corner as well. So all these guys are our neighbors. They live in close proximity to each other. And, and that's one of the reasons that it does stand still as an important historic location. No witches, but the people who decided their fate, uh, which are sort of the, the real bad guys in, in the story.
0: I find it very ironic that it's called the witch house now. I know. And that's
1: <laughs> something we've talked about before is sort of this concept of how does the city deal with this?
0: How do they grapple with such a tragedy?
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. In October, there's lines down the street to get in. People come here, the witch house, these pictures. And you know, I, I don't have numbers, so I'm not going to claim, you know, uh, uh, outright but I would say it is probably the most visited first period architectural uh, building in the country.
0: Oh, I'd say there's no question about that.
1: Yeah. And so that's, that, to me, that's fascinating because while we're talking about the trials, that's the important narrative. And so many people then get this little extra dollop of history on top of that. They get to see uh, this house, this building, what these people would have uh, lived like what their rooms would have looked like. And you don't get that often. You don't get to see that. And so because of the interest in the trials, they're now learning more about something else. So within the history of the house though, I, uh, sometimes it's hard to look into sort of the research or the, the actual history. Uh, sometimes it's just sort of local rumors and everyone in the city knows, but, like, actual documentation is a little hard to track down. Uh, but we believe that the first owner or resident of the house was actually Roger Williams. Possibly. 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 But, again, this is sort of, again, this sort of obfuscation of history. We don't always yeah, we don't have,
0: have. we don't have the documents necessarily. It's kind of hard to track down
1: but when things do are know, gone. We do know that Corwin lived there.
0: We do know that.
1: Uh, we're going to continue a little timeline of the house. So the Corwins own it till... At
0: the mid-1800s. Okay.
1: Now, it's, yeah. it's at this point that, in my opinion, one of the two, three coolest things happened to the house. And that's, it gets turned into a pharmacy. You think that's cool? I I I think <laughs> history, right? So it's just interesting that something that we put so much significance on in one thing spent a large portion of its life something totally different yeah it, it was like if you were here 100 years ago you'd be like i'm gonna go down to the pharmacy You're like wait what
0: yeah i find it i find it to be a great reflection of salem as a town overall and just like this trajectory of becoming a tourist city so george farrington comes along purchases the home and adds on a one-story addition and a storefront and turns it into this weird mixture of a drugstore and a museum and a souvenir shop. He's actually the first one, I believe, to call it the witch house and to yeah, really yeah. hone in on that whole witch city um, aesthetic.
1: So he he sort of, and I, I'm not going to sort of, quote, I don't know. He knew what he had.
0: Yeah, he, he started.
1: Right? Yes. And I guess prior to this, it had sort of been called the Roger Williams house because- and so again, we're missing historical documents, right? but likely the first owner,
0: possibly resident,
1: yeah. lived on the same plot of land was Roger Williams, who's the founder of Rhode Island and the Providence plantations. Now, it's at this point that this guy goes, no, 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 Corwin is more important historically. It's debatable.
0: He yeah. slaps the word witch on the outside.
1: Oh, yeah. So he's got this, he's, he makes postcards. Mm-hmm. I have one from uh, 1907. And I look at it, I'm like, that that doesn't look like my Instagram (laughs) picture. I'm like, where's that? I don't even know what I'm looking at. Except at the bottom, it says.
0: The witch house. Yeah. Yeah, so these are like some of the original tourist, like souvenir items to come out of Salem would have come from the witch house.
1: And it's not even for another 30, 40 40 years? years that the first... Actual witch souvenir, which is the witch spoon from the Daniel Owen Company, comes out of sales. This predates that by several decades.
0: Just down the street.
1: Yep. And uh, this stands as this sort of pharmacy, uh, sort of local market for, what, another century? About
0: 100 years. Yeah. Yeah. Up until about the mid-1900s, 1940s.
1: And they're looking to uh, expand North Street.
0: Yeah. So the witch house was almost up for demolition. And the city of Salem, the people band together, were able to raise, I think it was around $40,000, $35,000. Yeah, so I think it
1: was about $40,000 in 1940, which is a significant sum of money.
0: Just to have it moved 35 feet. Yeah,
1: just sort of to, to the right. So where it stands now isn't le- even the original location. To the left. Yeah. I guess as...
0: Depends on what part of North Street you're looking at.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you're standing looking at... The witch house. The witch house. Imagine its original location about 30 feet to the right. Yes. Which would have been where the traffic is driving. So all those cars stopped at those lights next to the buildings would have been sitting in the actual original location.
0: And somehow North Street still isn't wide enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's that too. So we move the house. They take off that addition, Mm -hmm. add the gables. Add the
0: gables back in. And all during this time, it is being taken over and restored by Historic Salem Incorporated.
1: And so that's a a branch of the city of Salem. So it is a city-owned and operated historic site. So this isn't like some... For-profit museum and-, and Which whatever. I can
0: appreciate because we got a lot of those in town. Yeah,
1: this is not that. This is a, a treasured historic landmark, a historic site uh, owned and operated by the city of but It's Salem. been
0: operating as a museum for 70 years at this point.
1: A little, 73? 73 years. I can't count. I'm 74 years. 74.
0: It opened in 1948 as, as its current state, 1948. Okay. So- that's That's longer than the Witch Museum, longer than the Witch Dungeon Museum, I'm assuming longer than the Trolley. Yeah. I mean, it might be one of...
1: Might be the oldest museum in the city.
0: With the exception of the Living History Museum, Yeah, which would be Pioneer Village. And of course, the Peabody Essex Museum. Okay. But that's quite significant.
1: What I think is great about that is, again, it has this big sign out front. This is the Witch House. And this 75 year old, almost 75 year old museum, all these people have come and seen Mm -hmm. and they get this, this taste of, of Salem, which, or of, so I guess, sorry, this taste of pre colonial New England, which they likely wouldn't have gotten if it wasn't attached to this tragedy. So we went and
0: took a tour. It was super fun. Uh, it was the first time either Jeffrey and I had been in years. I'd say I haven't been in it in a long time. Maybe four years. I want to uh, say twenty sixteen. You're gonna say twenty years? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're like twenty. No, twenty sixteen was the last time I went. Okay. I had some people visit, and they were like, "We got to go see the witch house." And you're like, ah, okay, will go, yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. When Although, when was the last time for you?
1: So the f- you know It might have been 2016, 2018. It might have been 20. I'm not sure. Again, I, I can't count and time mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah. But uh, I actually went for the first time for a market. Um, I didn't go as a tourist to, to see the house. I went. To support a local arts market.
0: Oh, that's it's, cool. Inside a, the house.
1: Inside the witch house. So I think it was the first one. It was called Daughter or is called Daughters of Darkness. Mm-hmm. It's ran by Die With Your Boots On. And Love them. it is a market that is exclusive to women and non binary individuals. So it's a creative arts market uh, and g- to give those people a platform. So it was kind of cool because you're like, I'm in this market for these people in this place called the witch house. And it was at night.
0: Ooh, so you don't I, usually get to go in you, at you night. Yeah. Yeah. That's you don't get to neat. go in at night. Also like, it's not that big. How many vendors?
1: <sighs> A lot. Really? Yeah. Probably more inside. They, they, they some stuff. I was
0: going to say they would have had to move yeah, things out of yeah. the way.
1: Uh, my friends uh, from Emporium 32 were vending in the fireplace. In the parlor.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah. So they like they had like these lights like in the fireplace and their tables were so you could stand like in the fireplace, mm-hmm. which I think is probably something you can't do normally.
0: Probably um, not.
1: Several other tables. Uh, my friend Sarah Richard, who's done some artwork for me as well. Uh, she was in there. Uh, a few other people. So it was it was neat to see these sort of artsy, creative individuals in in this, that
0: space in that space. God, I'm wondering when the last time they hosted an event like that.
1: Like that? was probably that.
0: Yeah. I I can't imagine putting something into the witch house right now. Yeah. It would just be over. Well, space-wise, you don't got a lot to work with, but I think popularity-wise, it would just be taken over. So
1: I don't know if they knew how popular that event was going to be, and it was was twofold. So it happened in February, but it was also like a 60-degree February night. Lucky. So- People were comfortable waiting outside mm-hmm. for like an hour or two to get in. Yep. If it had been like a 13 degree February okay. night, it <laughs> wouldn't have been okay. Which was cool. So when we got to take a tour though, very different than my first time mm-hmm. and probably a little similar to your experience.
0: It was less crowded, which I appreciated. Yeah.
1: So you go in and you're directed to the right, which would have been their kitchen
0: mm-hmm.
1: cooking, eating. Yep communal family space Yep, and that was neat. Yeah. Uh,
0: We saw John Proctor's fork, which was very cool. He's one of the victims from the trials. I always get very excited when I see items that are tied directly to individuals. There's something about like the power of material culture Mm -hmm. and what an object can hold.
1: I, I think it makes you, in my opinion, it makes you imagine, right? Like,
0: it makes them more real.
1: Yeah, you're like, John Proctor, okay, cool. You have a an idea of a person, but then you see a fork and you're like, that guy ate.
0: Off of this fork.
1: Right, you're like, I obviously he ate food. But when you see that, it gives it, it some. It reminds
0: you that it's a real person. Yeah. Yep. Um, same thing if, I don't think it's out on display anymore, but when the Peabody Essex Museum brought forth some of the documents from the Salem Witch Trials, and they had that big Exhibit. I'm pretty sure they had George Jacobs' walking, walking cane stick. and then John Proctor's sundial as well. Yeah, Which I just, being in the presence of those items, so cool. So cool.
1: Which is also fascinating because when you're in the witch house, you got to sort of remind yourself that no witches lived here, but the judges, again, came and hung out here.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just as those physical objects carry meaning, um, I think they really help us relate to folks from the past, as you said, make them feel more real. There's something to be said for standing in the spot, like being in the same physical location these people were in at one point. And I think that's one of the main reasons so many folks are drawn to the witch house.
1: So we start in this kitchen area and then the next room. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then you're directed upstairs. Oh, Oh
0: yeah! So we get into my favorite part of the witch house. Sorry,
1: yes. I was going to say something else.
0: What were you going to say? Go ahead. Books. Oh, go ahead and talk about the books.
1: So where the the tour guide or the um, yeah she was a guide yeah she's like by the way uh, he owned over a hundred books. I
0: think both of our mouths just just dropped. I can't. I didn't even think that was possible. Like maybe Cotton Mather, like the Mather family, someone who was going to Harvard Divinity School, possibly. Like maybe those folks down in Boston may possibly have accumulated something like that—a
1: a hundred books.
0: Subs like this is like beyond substantial.
1: And when we talk wealth and opulence, and I know. And so, like, I see the house. Cool. I know what he wore. I know it with like the style of his clothing and and the lace and the quality and and these things. A hundred books blew my mind. Mm-hmm. The, uh,
0: when most people would just have a Bible, yeah, if they had that, a
1: family Bible.
0: That's it. It's extremely, okay. yeah, extremely well read.
1: Yeah, powerful. So today. Uh, I would say, like maybe the the equivalent would be if you're like, oh yeah, this is my friend. Uh, this is their garage. They own a hundred cars. <laughs> you, you'd be like, y- you own what? You're like, yeah, yeah. I just have a hundred car. What?
0: How much? How much of that? Ca- how much money do you have? And to have even the space, the, space. the luxury, l- the luxury of being able to accommodate. Yeah. All of those. It's- yep. Mad, Mm -hmm.
1: but sorry, I interrupted you.
0: No, that's okay. The book thing was super (laughs) cool. I think both of us were kind of taken aback by that. I don't, I would have never guessed anyone in Salem at all. Maybe Cotton Mather, like I said, but.
1: If if you'd asked me how many books did Magistrate Corwin own? I'd be like,
0: ah. 20. 20, Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty striking. So then we got to go upstairs and keep in mind, it's pretty much a self-guided tour. We got a quick introduction at the beginning But you go around, you've got different spaces to check out, labels, and upstairs, when you go up to the landing, you enter my favorite exhibit, which is all about corpse medicine. Mm. So it is... Yummy. (laughs) Yeah, you got (laughs) to remember, medical practices were not what they are today whatsoever. And the methods that they used back during that time... Archaic? Archaic. Superstitious,
1: but not. I, I I love to look at things like this and be like, God, you were you were like so close, right? They're like you, you, just. They're like, oh, it's in the blood, so we're gonna use leeches. And you're like, well, you're kind of uh, you're like swelling, you know, reducing, yeah. you know, uh, inflammation yeah. and things like that. You're like if if you just you didn't quite have it all, and you're sort of almost there.
0: If only bloodletting never became a thing
1: maybe don't eat people <laughs> I, that that's, I, I think I think uh, you know bloodletting is more appropriate than eating people
0: yeah so that's actually that's a good point um, <laughs> you know we we look through history and of course as humans we want to paint another individual or group of people as the other so you look back and you look at all these folks as cannibals like oh they're eating people blah but we kind of were doing the same thing too. They just don't talk about it in the same way.
1: So I, I think it's fascinating. A lot of times they they refer to the indigenous uh, individuals here as sort of these savages, these creatures, the devil, uh, all these things. I'm like, you guys were eating your dead, but only, only the bad guys.
0: Only the bad guys. So yeah. it's weird. So in that corpse medicine exhibit, it talks a lot about bodily fluids and how they used those types of body mediums to cure ailments so say you're sick well they may take a convicted criminal who has been executed grind up his bones add in some other herbs and feed it to you as an elixir
1: or take his skull have moss grow on the skull and then you can use skull moss
0: <laughs> it was supposed to be highly coveted. Oh, obviously. Obviously, there was a lot of drinking of blood, um, the use of fat as well, yep. like human fat. Mm-hmm. I I can't wrap my head. I should have done more research on this, but I can't wrap my head around it being a criminal. Like you would think that if someone was sinful, or if someone had committed a bunch of crimes you would want to kind of expel them. So I, I and every think, piece of them.
1: I think what it was is they had been at death, they have been cleansed. They have been washed of sin. So you're like your soul So the,
0: the soul bears the burden.
1: Right. So the bad part of of you you done all the nasty stuff, you're dead now. But it it's like, ooh, oh we, we got we got the meat.
0: It's so odd though. Like why do you want that meat?
1: <laughs> they were Puritans. I have no idea. Please, they're.
0: Yeah, I think I'm having a flashback. I think it's to Hocus Pocus. Something about the fat of a hangman. Oh. Fat of a hangman. Why does that sound so familiar? It might be. Fat of a hangman.
1: Hanged? The. the...
0: Hanged man? Fat of a hanged man. Maybe?
1: I'm going to make a
0: note here that we're going to have to look look into that. Yeah, yeah. Fat? Of a hanged man. uh... I'm pretty sure it may be from Hocus Pocus. Okay, but I mean,
1: they eat children, so you know, yeah. cool. <laughs>
0: they do, right? How fitting?
1: Because <laughs> clearly, children are criminals. I mean, I I was vaguely criminalish in my youth, so that's okay.
0: I can see that.
1: <laughs> Sarah's looking at me like, oh, good I can goodness, see that. Goodness. So, uh, the upstairs has a few other interesting rooms, uh, other than the the corner of the corpse medicine, where
0: I think the books were kept. Did is that what she said? She just said upstairs. Upstairs. Okay. I'm assuming they were probably kept in their bedroom. I would assume I just, he would want them like away from the kids, but that's just maybe a guess. in a
1: study. should have asked that. There
0: wasn't a study though.
1: Sorry, not the, the parlor.
0: Oh, oh, probably. Right? Yeah. No, if you're going to show your wealth. Yeah, because that's yeah. where they met people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So okay. if you walked in and you saw 100 books, you're that's like, a oh, big deal. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. Anyway,
1: so. uh, duh, obviously. So upstairs, two other rooms. Uh, one of which has a big lumen in it and some other artifacts. Uh, That's interesting. I I found it interesting that uh, it takes up that amount of space uh, in Mm -hmm. their residence. It probably wasn't likely in that room, but it was probably likely in the house. And Mm -hmm. Someone of that stature would hire someone uh, to use that to make blankets and clothes and and cloth for them. The other room is their bedroom, and I I thought that was pretty fascinating.
0: I think both had... Was it just beds. one?
1: Oh, one had the, another bed.
0: I was going to say. Because yeah. they had a huge family. Yeah, yeah. But they would have been able to maintain, they would have had at least two beds for that yeah. family.
1: Now, what's interesting is they also had fireplaces in each of these rooms. And one thing that I noticed was, um, <laughs> I tried to say it with a straight face, was a bed warmer. <laughs> I don't think it was enchanted it didn't try and attack us
0: he did make a sly comment while we were in there
1: How, you don't go from watching bewitched with a bewitched bed warmer that was contained the soul of a wizard or a warlock to then go into the witch house and see a. but be- do you think they know
0: probably not I mean I'm sure they've seen the ep- but it's also just a bed warmer like everyone had them you can't just like oh they included the bed warmer friskiness. We got to take all ours away. I want. <laughs>
1: I, I want to get a bed warmer and put it next to my fireplace. Just out of the irony. <laughs> right? Just, it's funny. Um, uh, they had some uh, articles of clothing and the bed curtains, things along these lines. Uh, and then we head downstairs to the
0: parlor. Parlor was much more focused on the Salem Witch Trials. Of course, you can't talk about the witch house without talking about the trials. So they kind of give you a good overview in that room in particular. And this would have been where they would have brought visitors, where they would have shown off all of their greatest imported goods.
1: Which again, when you're in that room, think back 330 years and think of Magistrate Corwin, maybe Magistrate Hathorne.
0: Coming in and out.
1: Sheriff Corwin.
0: Talking about the trials, talking about the accused.
1: Sitting, writing in his journals, maybe Reverend Paris. Uh
0: Possibly signing arrest warrants, death warrants.
1: Yeah. That's probably where a lot of these things took place, which does add to this level of, of historical importance of the building. Mm-hmm. So all in all, it was a, a, a fun little time. It was quick. What do we get through it? Probably about...
0: Oh, it was a very quick trip, probably about 20 minutes. Yeah. We lingered for quite a bit. Yeah,
1: well worth it. And again, it's one of these things, if you're in Salem, got to go see the witch house. And then it gives you these other tidbits of important historical information.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a somewhat embarrassing, cringy story about An the witch house.
1: Embarrassing, cringy story? I I'm I here for it.
0: I don't really know how to describe it. I look back. It's one of those stories where you look back and you think about over and over again. You're like, man, this is what I would have done differently. And I wish I would have. But This this
1: wasn't when we went.
0: No. no, Okay. No, no, no. This is before I met you.
1: Okay. Okay. This
0: is when I was working for the ghost tours. I would end up having to stop in front of the witch house. I've and done of, that. of course everyone loves it right like it's the witch house it's and like
1: they expect it to be haunted they it, expect it, yeah yeah
0: they expect it to be haunted they expect it to be creepy um, if you're on a ghost tour it just fits the narrative so perfectly and it's so easy to be a tour guide and be like here look this is the last standing structure with direct ties to the trials take a picture and, and like, especially at night.
1: It's like front lit. Yep. It's black. If you feel like this building's haunted. Everyone's like, "Oh well, yeah, obviously." You yeah. don't need to tell me that
0: this is not haunted related at all. Okay, so get okay. that out okay. of your head. I don't know. Where Even this though is going. I did, I did tell people that all the time. Like, you tell everyone that everything in Salem's haunted. Yeah. So I'm giving my tour. It is my final tour for this company. They asked me to come back for a special tour. We had like a a work, um, trip like a, a work company came in and they wanted to book a tour, which is pretty typical if you're like part of Google or something. And do you get lots of work trips?
1: I have gotten work trips. I've gotten bachelorette parties.
0: Yeah, you love the bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, it's not that they're not fun, but it's a kind of, it's usually like an odd excursion. It's like a, a workplace, like, Engineers, I got a I bunch have, uh, of engineers that wanted to come and take a historical tour of Salem.
1: We used to call it in the Marines mandatory fun time.
0: That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Sometimes we get saddled with the mandatory fun time yeah. and we're the ones that are supposed so to make like, it fun. So all
1: these people on a Friday night no one, they're like, I'd rather be out at my bar with my yes. fit. And they're like, no, no, no. You're going to have to go to Salem for to this, do this yeah. stupid
0: activity, Yeah, they're probably yeah. Not which I mean, like, it's a fun activity. Like we enjoy what we do, yeah. but if you're just being forced to do this as a work activity, it might not be the most fun. Usually there's also a lot of drinking involved, right? Mm. Like, yeah. So this work group, I believe it was a bunch of engineers. There was like 60 of them. What? Hold on. That's why I was asked to come back so we could split them into two groups. I was like, you can't. I did not have 60 people with me. I had about like 25 to 30, all somewhat intoxicated. This is back for my old company. The tours were only about an hour, hour 15. So very easy, very quick, very easy. And I, uh, so we go to the witch house when I would stop in front, you know, You will see that there are multiple boulders there in front. I'm assuming it's to prevent anyone from running their car up onto the property and hitting the house itself. I'm assuming that's what they're there for. I would perch myself up on the rock and give the spiel about it being the only standing structure with direct ties and how it's spooky and haunted. I tell the ghost stories. So if you're looking at the witch house in front, you have Essex Street running alongside. The right of the witch house is North Street, but there's a, nice, there's a nice solid intersection. And if you're stopped, you could be there for a couple minutes. As I am up on this rock in front of these 30 somewhat drunk engineers trying to give my tour, up rolls my horrid ex-boyfriend <laughs> in his tacky powder blue Mustang stops at the red light. Like while I'm giving the tour and I glance up, I, I think I, I, I heard the music. I glance up and he is half out his window doing like a queen style wave a big smile on his face. Dude was sadistic and horrible. And I'm sure he loved that moment to just like tried to mess me up. It didn't work. I just waved back, continued on. And I remember thinking in that moment, is this really happening Like, this is straight out of a nightmare. The only thing that's missing is I'm not naked. (laughs) And then, of course, the light turns green. And I genuinely wish, I I told my group after the fact, I was like, sorry, guys, I need a moment. That was just my ex-boyfriend. He was horrible. He was just behind you. I should have said something. I really wish, looking back on it, I would have asked them. I would have rallied them. Okay, on the count of three, we're all going to turn around and give this guy the middle <laughs> finger, okay? One, two, three. And they totally would have they totally would have uh, done it. They loved drinks, me. They, they were half drunk. Like it was fine.
1: It they like, were by
0: that time in the tour, they were super supportive. They totally would have jumped on the bandwagon. And I'm really wishing I would have done it. Hopefully it never happens again. It did happen again, actually. He saw me on Essex Street as well. did the same wave. One of these days, I'll be able to flip off someone en masse, but... We can do it now. We'll, we'll just... Everyone listening,
1: just for the sake of uh, of Sarah, just give Sarah's her... Sarah's ex-
0: revenge. Yeah, just
1: give her ex-boyfriend the middle <laughs> finger. From wherever you are in the comfort of your homes while you're driving, just be like, yes,
0: screw that guy. Oh, that makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my little horror story about oh. the witch house. I was literally perched up on that iconic corner. Giving my history of the witch house and up rolls my ex boyfriend.
1: So I don't know where this was going, and as soon as you said, "Oh, those ro- those rocks," and I, I was perched up on one of them, I thought you were gonna fall.
0: Oh no, I did that this year too, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not on like, those rocks, rocks though, that would tour, hurt. And I fell down. Okay, no. okay. You Have you ever fallen on a no. tour? You've never fallen. No, I fell for the first time this year. There. Um, (laughs) you know, behind, uh, Turner seafood and Opus, you know, that whole like garden area. You stand up on the, yep. I stand, (laughs) I perch up. I'm not as tall as you. So I perch whenever I can. And I was standing up right when you come down that alley alongside Opus, you know, that area, gets, yeah. it's filled with trees and the trees have little needles and all the needles fall. And I made it through all the way into the end of oh, the season, it gets
1: Very, but slippery. it gets
0: slippery. Yeah. So I was perched up, waited till the very end of the stop, we're coming off and I just went down. Just, oh. It was my final day tour of the season. Did they tip you well? They tip me well. They tip me very well, but I remember my first. So, of course, you have to laugh at yourself because, like, no one ever wants to fall down while they're performing. But I get a security guard with me. His name is Charles. I say that because Jeff is his own security. Um, But I have a a guy there to kind of, like, make sure, you know, no drunkards try to join the tour. No one's trying to, to... you know, do any kind of shenanigans. But Charles is kind of like my rock. If I am ever feeling uncomfortable, he will make me feel better. So my instant thought was on speaker, I just go, Charles, that's <laughs> never happened before. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? I was fine. Yes. Yeah. Very swift. It was good. But yeah, it was bound to happen eventually. I just don't want to fall in the water in the fountain. That is one of my biggest fears is to fall mid-stop at the fountain in the water. Because you know that all those college kids go to Village Tavern. I don't know what's in that water.
1: So I, <laughs> I genuinely hope that that never happens to you. Thank you. I also genuinely hope that if it ever does,
0: you bastard,
1: someone gets it on film.
0: you <laughs> <It'd be> horrible.
1: <laughs> for, history. Seems, for history. For history. <laughs> for history. <laughs> uh, so well, I'm glad you didn't fall at the witch house. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I don't, I don't have any good, I don't stop there anymore. Uh, I direct people there. If they want to go down, I tell them, Hey, walk down Essex street, mm-hmm. go get your picture in front of the witch house, take a tour. If you're interested um, I used to stop on it when I'd give uh, ghost tours for mm-hmm. uh, my previous job, but I personally, I don't think it's haunted.
0: Yeah, no, neither of us felt anything when we went no. in.
1: I think it's an important historic location. I think, uh, have there been tragedies in that house? Of course. Sure. Uh, was that par for the course? And I, I don't mean to sort of diminish that. Yeah, I, absolutely. Um a lot, of, a lot of people suffered a, a lot of death, families, children, illnesses. These things were much more prevalent in their societies than they were in ours. But I've heard some stories. I'm like, guys, you're just like, th- these people were families. They lived, they had kids, they, they passed away. It was- they- So you're
0: totally disregarding the Corwin curse is what you're wow. saying. <laughs>
1: what What is the Corwin
0: curse? The Corwin curse. I've, I, I've
1: heard, but I'll, I'll let you
0: okay, so briefly. Okay, so I understand that, children died at quite an alarming rate. Infant mortality was Mm -hmm. extremely high, anywhere from one in 10 to three in 10, Mm -hmm. depending on where you were at in colonial New England. But in that house, I believe it was like five of her children died. Yeah. Five Um, of the 10. Unfortunately, they Mm -hmm. had a very
1: high death rate of their children.
0: But the curse isn't just with the children. Later on in the early 1700s, Their son takes over the place. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Corwin and his wife, Elizabeth, they're still there, but in like a grandparent capacity. And they're living there with his son and his wife. Both of them then come down with fever. And then it also takes the lives of John and Elizabeth as well. So the house has seen quite a bit of turmoil. There's only two young boys left to take over the entire estate. And in retrospect, they almost, I saw one record where they almost sort of blamed it on the sins of the past. It was almost like karma having so many lives from the family taken in retribution for. I'm
1: not saying that karma doesn't always get its due, mm -hmm. but some sort of a curse.
0: It's funny when people say curse and Corwin You usually think about. Giles Corey, the other curse, and the Corwin curse with the sheriff, which is not. We're gonna. We'll dive into that eventually. (laughs) That
1: one, that one's a little more plausible, but that's that's okay.
0: (laughs) You'll believe in that one, but you won't believe in this one. (laughs) The the tragedy
1: of of death within pre colonial New England, I think, is common, shouldn't be dismissed, and shouldn't be attributed to some curse. The. the how do I describe it? Uh without getting too much into what happened with, with uh Giles Coreys, he cursed Sheriff Corwin to die. Mm-hmm. And that curse continued through his lineage. So these grown men through their lives suffered this sort of state of tragedy as adults. Okay. Which I think is possibly a more viable construct than
0: a bunch of children. Yeah. From one family dying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that again. Valid. Right. We, we're talking
1: about uh, rumors of curses from hundreds of years ago. So really, what, what do any of us know? It's okay. Know? <laughs> but the witch house is uh, either way you look at it, whether you want to look at it as a, you know, stop on your ghost tour, stop on your history tour, uh, an important place to get your Instagram picture. Uh, regardless of what the case may be, it's important to Salem. It's important to history. It's important to the trials. And, uh, that's why we talk about it. So that's all we got for the episode, guys. Thanks for listening.
0: In our next episode, we will be talking about the founding of Salem, 1626.
1: Not to be confused with
0: 1692.
1: No, no, no. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review. Tell a few of your friends.
0: And follow us on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, at Salem the Podcast.
1: And if you have any questions, again, feel free to reach us, uh, hello, at SalemThePodcast.com.
0: And if you're visiting Salem and would like to take a tour with either Jeffrey or myself, links to both of those are in the show notes.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: See you later.